This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, a show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm in my bliss right now looking at my first guest. I'm so excited to tell you who's guest starring on our show today. Here's a clue. She became a household name in the 1970s when she became the first woman to fly a pink helicopter while simultaneously broadcasting traffic reports for the radio station CKEY. She's been described as Canada's Oprah, and she was part of the original and groundbreaking City TV's news team for City Pulse News. It's a thrill to have the incomparable, one-of-a-kind, trailblazing original host of City TV City Line and celebrated host of the award-winning and longest-running national television talk show in the country. And of course, I'm talking about the broadcasting icon and the one and only Deanie Petty. Also on the show this week, we have another Dynamo, psychotherapist, life coach, author, media personality, and award-winning inspirational keynote speaker, Victoria Lorient Fabish. And we'll hear all about her newest workshop, Stop Dimming Your Light, and talk about her two books, Connecting and Finding Self-Culture, Moving from Depression and Anxiety to Monumental Self-Acceptance. But first, We are so delighted that Canadian icon Jeannie Petty is here today. She's still flying high since her early days when she began broadcasting from her infamous pink helicopter in her trademark pink jumpsuit. Not only did she host the longest-running national television talk show, The Jeannie Petty Show, for 11 years, conducting thousands of interviews with such notable celebrities as Red Skelton, Sarah the Duchess of York, Lauren Bacall, Cloris Leachman, Julia Child, Robert Palmer, Harrison Ford, many, many Mm. others, just to name a few. In recent years, Deanie's turned her love of poetry into a best-selling children's book, which you can get anywhere. It's called The Queen, the Bear, and the Bumblebee. She's also the director and chair. Um, Actually, now she is on the board of the Celebrity Club at the Performing Arts Lodge, also known as PAL in Toronto. She's in a film. We're going to hear about that later on. She's been recognized with six Cannes Pro Awards, four Gemini nominations for her talk show and documentary work. Her film, Incest Scandal in the Family, was the second documentary ever done on the subject in Canada. She also did Having a Baby, documenting the pregnancy of her second child, Nick, uh, from amniocentesis through delivery, a first of its kind. She's the recipient of the NAPTI International Iris Award and many, many other awards for her charity work. It is an honor and a pleasure to welcome Welcome, Deanie Petty, to Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio. Welcome, Deanie. Thank you. The world's <laughs> longest introduction. No, and know. now, here she is. So I literally haven't seen you for 25 years. And 25 years ago, I was lucky enough to be a consumer reporter on your incredibly popular yes, national uh, talk show. And thanks to you and really my family, my husband Cliff and our children, Max and Lily, thank you because I quit smoking on your show and you supported me for two and a half years after that. And we actually have a clip from 25 years ago oh, wow. <laughs> from the Jeannie Petty show. Here it is. For those of you who uh, smoke, who have ever smoked, you will have great empathy for our consumer reporter, Judy Rakoff. Uh, today is my quit day, and I've been going for the last month. It's wonderful. You have the support of everybody in the group. You have the instructor, and you can call him day or night, and I have, believe me. Good luck, Judy. Hang Thank in you. there, babe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you gave me a hug and you said, hang in there, babe. And then you would check on me every couple of weeks and say, you know, so how are you doing? How long has it been? And I'd be like, 
two years, three hours, five, five minutes. minutes. So how long has it been now? It's been 25 years. It's been 25 years. Thanks wow. to you. Really. I don't think I could have done it. And we, and it was just that thanks to you. And I remember Dan Duran was on, on the show as well when I did the consumer oh. reporting. And in fact, we've talked about doing a marriage show on, on uh, our show, Finding Your Bliss and having married couples, TV married couples, you and Dan. And Liz West and Mark Hebsher and Gord, um, Gord and, and, uh, Ruskowski and, uh, Anne Ruskowski and Gord Martineau. Well, that's and, like a marriage. <laughs> Gord Ruskowski and Anne Martineau. That, be- that, of course, of course. I mean, that'd be great. I'd love to go back to the beginning. You really got your first job. Some people think it's the pink helicopter, but it began at age 11 oh, when yeah. you were cast in a national film board production of a film called Who is Ooh, Sylvia? Sylvia? Can you tell us about that? My mother. Um, was Canada's first talent agent. And her office was on Sherburne Street. So I went down, I'd gone to the dentist and I was waiting for my mom so we could go home. So the director comes out and they've been trying to cast a 13-year-old uh, for this lead role. And the director came out and went, who's that girl? It's my daughter. She's not an actress. I want her to read. She's not an actress. <laughs> I want it. So of course I got the part. So we, I had to change my name because my mother was an agent. <laughs> so I started as Diana Kerr, which was my mother's maiden name. Yes. But they shoot this film, and it's a, the trials of being a 13-year-old. I was a big 11-year-old. But the film opens black and white with me waking up in the morning, yawn, yawn, <laughs> and my father's yelling, Sylvia, get up. And I get up, and I walk across the room, and I look in the mirror, and I kind of poke at my face. <laughs> and then the male voiceover announcer says, Ordinary-looking little girl, isn't she? Uh, I know. Oh, for goodness yeah. sakes. And they, so not accurate. Uh, they didn't tell me that part. <laughs> years later, I made the mistake of showing this to my children. So for many years, my daughter Sam, as I came downstairs, would go, Ordinary-looking little girl, <laughs> oh, isn't she? It's so the opposite. Oh, my I God. I knew then that film, that business, showbiz was for me, you know? You knew you knew at age 11. No, I didn't. I was like, what the <laughs> heck? What do you mean, Ordinary. <laughs> You really are a trailblazer, though, Didi. For women, you're fearless. Not only did were you the first successful female broadcaster in the country, but you actually forged your mom's signature at age 17 so you could go skydiving. Well, of course, because she wasn't <laughs> going to sign it. And that was my ace in the hole. But, you know, uh, because my mother had this agency, I picked up a photo one day of a guy, Daryl Henry, who was a model a writer and Canada's champion skydiver. And I look at this eight by 10 and he's in free fall, smiling at the camera. <laughs> the phone rings and I go, producer services. Hello, Diana. He's the only person who ever called me by my real name. Um, I said, what are you doing? And he told me about the Parachute Club of Toronto. And I went up with him and... You weren't scared. Of course I was scared. <laughs> and I was never great. I jumped out of an airplane 55 times. How smart am I? I never once went out of that oh plane God. going, wow, this is so much fun. <laughs> my heart was beating. And on the way up, I thought that the leg straps, I must have checked them 20 times. They're not done up. They should have opened up. I'll go through the bottom. Finally, after 55 jumps, I went, you know, Deanie, you're not really having a good time. Maybe you should give this up. But when they were looking for a girl to fly the helicopter, that skydiving wow. experience was my ace in the hole. Wow. Yeah. 22 years old, you get your pilot's license. 23. 23. Yeah. And you're in a pink helicopter yes. doing traffic. I mean, first of all, you're the first female broadcaster doing doing anything. And then you're doing No, it- no. I was the first woman in the world oh. to fly a helicopter and broadcast from it. But I wasn't the first wow. broadcaster, obviously. I was the second woman in Canada to get a commercial pilot's license, helicopter license. That's incredible. 
And the station paid for it all. I mean, I you're looking at a girl, <laughs> and it all happened because I was out of a job, and I went to lunch with my dear friend Peggy Clarkson, who was a model who worked for my mom. And Peggy said, okay, Deanie, we're going for lunch. We're going to figure out what you're going to do, and I'm going to pay. And I'm like, I'm in, Peggy. <sighs> and three guys from CKY Radio came in and sat a couple of tables over. There was a helicopter war going on because traffic reports were new then. And most of the stations had two helicopters, and each one was a guy who did the flying and a guy who did the reporting, <laughs> except at CKY where Bob Carter did both. <laughs> and one day, Harvey Clark, God bless you, Harvey Clark, came out and said, I know how we're going to win this war. We're going to get a girl. We're going to put her up in a pink helicopter. Wow. She's going to fly it and report, and we'll give her a pink car and she'll wear pink, go and find her. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the luncheon, I'm with Peggy. And these guys come in, and I said hello to Tommy Vradenberg, and we knew him socially, and Tommy knew I'd done some skydiving. In the middle of their lunch, their problem comes up. Where are we going to get a girl to fly this helicopter? <laughs> and Tommy says, see that girl over there? That's Deanie Petty. Now, I know she's crazy enough to jump out of an airplane. <laughs> Maybe she's crazy enough to fly a helicopter. And wow. I swear to you, as he's walking to my table, Peggy had just said, so what are you going to do, Dean? And I said, this is obviously long before spell check. I said, well, I can't be a secretary. I can't spell, but I want to be challenged and use my brains. And there was a tap on my shoulder, and I looked up, and I heard the words that changed my life. Oh, my How would you like God. to be the girl in the pink helicopter? Uh, <laughs> Peggy's going, yeah, she'd love it. It'd be great. And I'm, yeah, okay, yeah. You know? Isn't and, that something, eh? So nothing happens if you sit home. Absolutely. Go to lunch more often and get your friends to pay for it. Who knows what could happen? Absolutely. Yeah. And you always were a talker. You, your teachers <laughs> all said, and, and did you know ever in your mind that maybe your calling, your purpose was to be a talk show host? Or was that something that just came with? No. I got thrown out of every high school I went to for talking. No one ever mentioned this could be a career move. Isn't that interesting, though? Yeah. No, I I wasn't going to go in this business because my mother... One of my summer jobs was before computers. I would take, there would be a tray of everyone's name, and I'd take the talent's name, and I'd post the latest check. And one day I took the card of one of Canada's finest actresses, and I put what she'd made on the bottom, and the year was almost over, and I looked at the total, and I went, my God, these people are starving. I'm not going in that business. So here I am. And here, and, yeah. and, and, it's, and it's done very well for you. In 79, you traded in your flying suit to become part of the original groundbreaking City Pulse news team at City TV, first yes. as a general reporter. Then before long, you were co-anchoring the 6 o'clock news, yep. solo anchoring the 5, yep. while hosting a daily talk show, City Line, that because of you, has just celebrated its 30th anniversary. Like, you were the original host and you gave that show something what was what was that like and what was that what, what do you think was the magic that you and the secret of what you brought to that city line that's making it still go on today i i know what the magic and secret was to my success i had two children no support <laughs> from either husband and i needed to make my way through life yeah. for the kids yeah besides I, I i do i am an entertainer by nature yeah i like to make people happy uh, and if you're not happy, I'll kill you. You know, so I've got it sorted out. Um, I don't, City TV worked and, and City Pulse News worked because as, as, uh, 
Colin Vaughn, God bless his soul, said, you have to be an eccentric to work here. I mean, we was <laughs> Colin Vaughn, Dini Petty, Jojo Chinto, who I'm still good friends with and who's amazing. <laughs> Aww, so and great. Uh, wonderful people like Stephen Hurlbut, Gord Martineau. We were just a... We were just the right combination of odd and eccentric and clever people. Yes. Well, most of us were clever. And able to fly by the seat of your pants, not be so perfect and just live in the moment, dance in the moment, right? Yeah. That's, I think, a very big part of your... as you can, as as long as you can. As long as you can. Yeah. So, so as I said, people have said that the long-running success of City Line and CTV is largely attributable to you. Oh, yeah, of course. Totally. (laughs) Tracy Moore didn't do anything. (laughs) Uh, you're totally on me. Tracy says that every day. She starts. Of course, we owe this all to Dini Petty. Well, no, no, it's, it's she, true though. You know, it's so they're true. very good. It's it's so true though. And but it's the same formula that they. It's the formulas you know in television that makes it successful. Yeah, and it just worked. It's the kind of thing women like to listen to. You're modest too. Ten years later, you got the opportunity of a lifetime with the Dini Petty show. And originally right. at CFT, CFTO TV, and then it became a national television talk show on CTV. I remember your your TV husband, Dan Duran. Can you tell us huh. some of the highlights or favorite moments that happened to you during that incredible era? Like you have been described as you Canada's mean all, Oprah. all the people I slept with? <laughs> <laughs> it's really interesting, you know, in this business. And one of my favorite sayings, and I think Sharon Stone gets the credit, you can really only sleep your way to the middle. If you want to get any further than that, you're actually going to have to work and, you know. Yeah. Um, I have a, the greatest privilege of my career was Red Skelton because we became good friends. Yeah. Very good friends. And I have a, he, uh, the only uh, sit down interview he ever did of, of length was with me. That's the one that won the big award. He sent me a painting on my birthday. I have a handwritten letter from him that I show to very few people that I read every Christmas and makes me cry. And when I, the last time I saw him, we went out to dinner. And we sit down with his manager and Red starts, the baby, where's the baby? And I'm like, what, what? And Tom Tom said, it's on the floor. And Red leans over and he picks up a woman's evening bag that's folded in half and got a big rubber band around it. It's got like silver sequins on it the size of dimes. Takes the rubber band off and I go, that's the baby? And he goes, wait a minute. He said, you know, I I have a lot of stuff, Deanie. And I don't, when I travel so much, I bring some with me. He puts his hand in the bag and he brings out a watch. The face of the watch is covered in diamonds surrounded by rubies. And he turns it over. It says to Red Love Howard Hughes. I'm like, that's a nice watch. Wait, wow. Deanie, wait, wait. He puts his hand in the bag and he says, you know, that cheapskate Bob Hope didn't give me anything until my <laughs> 70th birthday. He brings out a pair of star sapphire cufflings. The sapphires are huge with diamonds around them. Wow. I'm like, my God, wait, wait. And then he brings out a cross from the Pope to oh Red. Oh, my goodness. And in the middle of the cross is a piece of glass. And in that glass is a shard of wood from the cross. He puts it all back in the bag, folds it in half, puts a rubber band around it, drops it in the floor, and we had dinner. And as we walked out that night and his manager was paying the bill, we were alone for a minute between two sets of doors. And he looked at me and he said, I wish you'd been my daughter. And I said, I wish you'd been my father. Oh. So that was like, like all right. Anyway, so the, yes, those moments are rare and lovely. He showed up once on your show to surprise you. Yeah, he did. And came on for 15 minutes just because yeah. he missed you. Just, yeah, because he was in town. Yeah, we, it was an extraordinary relationship. He, he did view me that way. He wanted, you know, and I wish he'd been my dad. Not just for the money, Red. I mean, not just because you were, <laughs> he actually owned a Gutenberg Bible. 
He ended up, came from extreme poverty and, of course, did very well. Wow. Mainly through his artwork because he got ripped off by his manager. Ah. Yeah, which happened to a lot of people. But it was wonderful times. You've had the most wonderful career. And we're going to find out also if you're just happy by nature, because I know you think of yourself as a very happy person. I told you, I'm just constantly a little hammered. (laughs) A little vodka and everything. It's amazing. That's something we have to do after the show. Okay. We're going to go to a quick commercial break and we come back more with Jeannie Petty on the celebrity she's interviewed, the incredible charity work she's done for decades, and the exciting projects that she's involved with right now. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. back and we are so thrilled to have celebrity broadcaster and humanitarian Deanie Petty on Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740 FM 96.7. Deanie, you are also the recipient of the NAPTI International Iris Award and several others for your decades of charity work. You've been doing charity since you were a teenager when you raised money, going door to door for local charities, organizing Christmas parties at shelters. You started Coats for Kids, a campaign still going on today. Another one of your initiatives was the Pregnancy Youth Line and of course you work with Amnesty International and the Christian Children's Fund. Can you tell us what's been so meaningful to you about the charity work that you do and why it's so important to you? My basic line is, if you can, you do. If you can't, no need to apologize. Mm-hmm. So people who are in a position to help, help. Of course. And if you're not and you can't, that's okay too. So I've I've been fortunate. I've been in a position. I now work um, with the homeless in Toronto is my latest. Yeah. And I'm just so angry at the city of Toronto over... Yeah. It's over 9,000 people sleeping on our streets. And yeah. it, I work with Street Souls. They have a newspaper that I, I write an article in. I just Aren't wrote another something? article for them. Oh, my gosh. Well, the guy who runs it, Anthony Van Zant, was a kid who was on the street. He was addicted to heroin. He cleaned up 12 years ago. And since then, to this day, he's devoted his life to helping people on the street. Wow. So he's the hero. So he gets help from people like me. Well, you're you're a hero as well. You conducted over 20,000 interviews and you yes. make it all look so easy. So first of all, that's impressive, the number, but you do make it so look so easy. And I remember your first interview with, with this oh, guy. Oh, God. <laughs> it was, was so a... bad. How bad was it? <laughs> well, he helped you, right? Because he, he, he said, do you want life? to know about my family? <laughs> Patrick McNee of the Avengers. You're terrific. You're We're terrific. on camera. Yeah. I didn't write it down. I asked them the first question and I freeze. Startled deer in headlights. <laughs> and he, he re- recognized the look and he leaned forward and said, I know. <laughs> You want to know about my family? And I'm like, yeah, tell me about your family. When I, he finished that, he goes, I know you want to know about the play. Yeah, tell me about the The whole freaking interview is me going, yeah. <laughs> you, you, made, you made up for lost time with the oh, other 19,999, 99, right? Yeah. 
to what do you attribute? And I know what's been said about you and, and that you're a connector. You're the girl next door. You're natural. But to what do you attribute to your remarkable hosting and interviewing abilities, talent, and style? You make it look so easy. I don't know. I'm a natural entertainer. I learned to listen. Oh, I know what it is. My greatest <laughs> gift and my curse is my curiosity. I am genuinely interested yeah. in the other person. Genuinely. Yes. And and that's, I guess, was part of it. Was part of it. And and so much skill. And then, to you know, I'm just humbly brilliant and fascinated and, and hammered most of the time. That helps The hammered is good. The hammered yeah, is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lauren Bacall appeared on your show the same day as Robert Palmer. Do you remember anything about that interview? I do. I remember walking in and seeing her and just like, oh my God, it's her. It was, it's an, it, it was, I, I do remember the first moment I laid eyes on her. It was just wonderful to have, be in her space. Yeah. And yeah. and the same with Robert Palmer. Like they're amazing yeah. people. Stars and icons. Yeah. And it was wonderful. Harrison Ford, who I remember stared into your eyes. Yeah, Harrison, it was a setup. I put up, if you put in Deanie Petty in YouTube, I put up the interview with uh, Red Skelton. I put up Omar Sharif. It's just, it's fabulous. Oh. I put up uh, Harrison Ford. They're all up there. Yeah. And Harrison, I said to him, you want to have fun? He said, what do you mean? I said, you do a lot of interviews. He goes, yeah. I said, well, so do I. I'll start an argument and you can do whatever you want. You can walk off the set, but promise you'll come back. <laughs> so I started it. And at one point he takes the mic and he goes like, and I had a friend of mine who used to watch it every morning. He <laughs> fell off his treadmill yelling, it's, what are you doing? It's Harrison Ford. And then Harrison said, but it's just acting, isn't a Dini, just like we're doing. Oh, my gosh. Cloris Leachman, something crazy happened with her. Do you remember that? Yeah, well, Cloris Leachman is crazy. <laughs> in the most delightful, perfect way. She was on Sarah the Duchess of York. I loved Sarah the Duchess oh. of York. She's also up on YouTube. Boy, I'll tell you, you people rag on Sarah. <laughs> That's uh, What did they call it? Somebody sucked her toes. In Poor this. Sarah. Well, if you read her book, her book is extraordinary. I, I would love to interview her again. I have tremendous admiration. Plus, she's a helicopter pilot. That's so cool. I love that. So she must be fabulous. That is the coolest thing ever. You wrote an incredible children's book called The Queen, the Bear, and the Bumblebee. See. And and people love that book. And people see things in that book that I don't even think you intended for them to see. And I know. Right? Amazing thing about when you create something, it goes on its journey and people interpret it the way they, they want to. Yes. And it's, you can only buy it, you have to, if you want it, you have to put in deaniepetty.com. I took back the publishing rights from the publisher I had in the States, who turned out to be one of those, is the lawyer I had to hire said, oh. bad people who talk nice. Yuck. So if you want it, you have to order it from me. From Deanie Petty. And what yeah. is the best way for people to contact you, Deanie? Deaniepetty.com. So yeah. easy and so perfect. Can you give us a stanza from the book? I know you know it. Three friends went out for a walk by the sea. The queen, the bear, and the bumblebee. They were dancing and singing their favorite song when the bear said, Farewell, I must travel on. I have a red ship that can sail through the air to magical lands of who knows where. Oh, please, cried the queen, let us go there too. So they jumped on the ship and away they flew. That's the beginning. I love that. Yeah. And you wrote it like, uh, I think you wrote it on napkins in a, in a, in a cafe or something. You, you just yeah. wrote it on the fly. I did. And, I and was, it, yeah. I was going down to, I said I would go to the hospital. A woman called, God bless you, whoever you are. We never got her name. 
Will you come down and entertain, entertain the children at sick kids in a month? Like, what are you going to say? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm too busy. <laughs> Tell those sick kids they'll have to deal with it themselves. Oh. And I said, of course. So a month later, I'm driving down the parkway and I'm like, how am I going to entertain these kids? Which I said out loud. How am I going to entertain these kids? I can't tell them my last interview. And I saw it in my head, uh, the little video movie. Wow. There was a queen of bear and a bumblebee. So I went to a restaurant. I wrote it out roughly. Went to the hospital. Dove in and recited what I had. Went home, threw it in a drawer and said, one day I'll finish that. Wow. One day I opened the drawer and here we are. There it was. You constantly reinvent yourself. Constantly. You, you've done a show. You did a, a one-woman show that you've performed many times called A Broad View to Rave Reviews and talked about how you've had 10 lives. And now I'm an actress. <laughs> You're an actress in a film. I was in this, there's this amazing, it's still in editing, one of the most amazing projects I've been involved with. It's a film called Boundless by this extraordinarily talented woman who directed it uh, and wrote it, Kate Campbell. It's a 10-year project. It's wow. a love letter to <clears throat> her grandmother, who was a pilot. And it's the story of between September of 1942 <clears throat> and December of 1944, wow. 1,042 women flew 60 million miles. Oh, my God. They ferried every kind of aircraft the uh, the United States built during the Second World War wow. to out to the front line so the guys wouldn't have to come back. They were not recognized by the U.S. Huh. military. They were paid for their faring services. They paid for their own training, their own uniform, their own lodging, their own food. Uh, I believe 42 of them died. Their families paid oh the funeral. Gosh. And when they were disbanded in December of 1944, they paid their own way home. The files were shut and no one knew about them until it was 2000, no, in the 1970s or 80s, one of the uh, standing president said, okay, the survivors, the rest of the Women's Air Force Faring Service, they were known as the WASP. Hmm. You are veterans. And then Barack awarded them the gold medal. Wow. The U.S. military would not accept uh, black African Americans. So there were two Asian women, one Native American, wow. and a Canadian woman from Winnipeg who held dual citizenship. So Kate's film, Boundless, is told to the eyes of the surviving Canadian woman. Played by yours truly. Oh my gosh. It's, it's an amazing. And then when Kate told me about it, she said her grandmother inspired her to fly. Kate became a pilot and to become a 99. Do you know that phrase? No. Amelia Earhart decided women needed their, a flying association. She sent out 200 plus invitations. And on that date, 99 women showed up and the 99s were born. Oh so God. Kate's grandmother was a 99 and inspired Kate to become a pilot and fly. And Kate's sitting in my apartment telling me, and she says, you know, my grandmother flew out of Buttonville and she used to tell me stories about this young girl who flew a pink helicopter. And I'm like, oh my God, I knew your grandmother. The circle is complete. <gasps> oh my God, that's so crazy. When is, when is Boundless coming out? Yeah, Kate, uh, when is Boundless? <laughs> She's editing it. She's going to enter it in TIFF and in Sundance and a bunch of oh festivals. So. gosh. I will let you know. And, when and you'll come ready, back. Please come back. Or yeah. I'll send Kate. Oh, well, both of you. Okay, I'll, come, okay. Come on together. I'll bring her. Bring her. And the other thing about you is you're writing your memoirs. I am writing my wow. memoirs. Yeah. That's going to be fantastic. That's yes, I'm telling. Be... Yeah, I, I hope so. I hope. 
It's hard. You have none of us have any idea if our lives are important, if our lives are worth anything, oh. if our lives are different. But it was my sister who said to me, I was out visiting Elaine. She said, Your life is crazy. <laughs> I said, true. What do you mean? She said, Well, it's it's I said, You think it's different? She said, duh. <laughs> Absolutely. Teeny. Absolutely. But you never think of that. You just do what you have to do to get where you want to be. Tell me about the the ten lives in a broad view. Like what what the ten? I know one of them was probably the pink helicopter life because that's. I mean, you're going up in a pink helicopter every day. My first show was called uh, Broad View. The show I'm doing now, I'm doing a new one woman show that'll be at the Richmond Center for the Performing Arts. Awesome. I'm working with them, and I'm going to be there on March the eighth. This March the eighth on International Women's Day. Mari Nicholson, a great artist and friend of mine, has a show, and I'm going to be with Mari there. So we're having a reception. If you're in Richmond Hill, come at 1 o'clock to oh, the center. Oh, that sounds so good on March and, the 8th. And, and you can read about this on deaniepetty.com. And where else? I haven't put anything up in deaniepetty.com. Um, where, where, can people, where can people connect with you? Uh, well, you can connect with me at deaniepetty.com. <laughs> I, I haven't been writing much. I've been too busy. I've been writing my memoir, but I'll be at Richmond Hill this March the 8th at one o'clock at the... So call Richmond Hill Theater and and go check this out. This sounds unbelievable and so many other things. What is bliss for Deanie Petty? Oh. Three things that bring bliss to Deanie Petty. Oh, uh, doing yoga when I finish and that, or swimming and that feeling I get because it's a partial meditation for me. Being with my children... Um, because my kids are my friends now that we're all, we're all adults. Um, and I get, I, uh, I instantly go to flying. I, some of the most extraordinary experiences, moments I've had, true Zen moments. I was flying down the parkway. I was alone and I usually flew at 1800 feet. I was lower because there was a solid layer of clouds. Mm. I looked up. There's a hole the size of a football field. <laughs> it's early morning. I blip up, and it's spring, and the colors of the rising sun are those soft pinks and oranges. And I turned off all the radios, and the tops of the clouds were a solid white sheet. And there was nothing between me and the universe and the pinks and the oranges. And that's one of—I've marked that moment, and I revisit those moments. Mark the moments in your life. Stand there and when the Queen, the Bear, and the Bumblebee, which was set to music by the children's group, premiered in the Royal York, and I did it with a small orchestra in a room full, I marked the moment so I can go back there. So mark the moments in your life. Take them so you can revisit. I, I think one of the reasons you're so happy is because you you just love your life and you make your life great and you make things happen for yourself. If you No, but I knew this as a child. <laughs> if you leave me alone in I, all my, my natural state, I'm a happy girl. I'm just naturally that way. I, it, it's a gift. It's a gift. Yeah, because I think some people are born and they lay there and just naturally miserable <laughs> their whole freaking lives. Yeah. So... You're just fate. Um, the fate and destiny are two of my favorite words. I met Sister Margaret at a luncheon many years ago, and I've used her definitions ever since. The destiny is what we create by the choices we make. Yes. And fate is what life puts in the way. You cannot argue with fate. And for obvious reasons, I've come to believe that fate is a female. Because when she's <laughs> having a bad day, what a bitch. Eh? <laughs> 
life. Do you think your lovely parents, Molly and your dad was Gordon? Yeah. Had something to do with your happy sense of self? It could be. My mother and I were very close, although it's odd. In every family, there's difference because in my next life, I've got it planned. Red <laughs> Skelton's going to be my father. And I would have my mother, Molly, as my mother, to which my sister replies, are you crazy? She was a terrible mother. But my mother and I were very close. We worked together. So I think it's just the way, you know, when you're born, you have a your, your innate personality and your light. I've been gifted with this. You, you maybe have. I, yeah, maybe there was just too much anesthetic, and I've been a little <laughs> off ever since I was born. You're illuminated. A little happy. You're, you're, they're telling me to wrap up, but I have okay. to say this one thing. You're illuminated, and you illuminate everyone wherever you go. You really are a light in this world. And I have to tell you, honestly, this has been such an incredible honor and a, and a pleasure to have you on this show. And I hope you'll come back again to talk about all your multifarious projects because you're always doing something. You're in a film. You're an actress. You're writing a book. You're doing another one-woman show. You're amazing, Jeannie Petty. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It's m- my pleasure. Thank you. We're just going to a short commercial break. And when we come back, we will be joined by psychotherapist, life coach, Stop Dimming Your Light, Victoria Laurent Fabish, who, by the way, Deanie Petty wrote the foreword to to her her newest book, book, Connecting. And she's amazing. I wish I'd read that book when I was 18. And I say that I probably wouldn't have had three marriages. (laughs) Back in a moment. Thanks so much. That didn't work, by the way. (laughs) Thanks, Deanie. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about CREATE Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. expressed on Finding Your Bliss belong solely to the host and guests on her show. We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And we're joined now by Victoria Laurent Fabish. And it's so great to have you, Victoria. So good to be here. And let me tell our audience all about you. So you're a psychotherapist, Mm -hmm. a relationship expert, life coach, author, media personality, an award-winning and inspirational keynote speaker. And you're here today to talk about your workshop, Stop Dimming Your Light, and your two books, Connecting, which Deanie Petty wrote the forward to, and there it is, <laughs> Connecting, and also Finding Your Self-Culture, Moving from Depression and Anxiety to Monumental Self-Acceptance. That's right. What a great title. And I want to say welcome. It's so great to have you here, Victoria uh, Laurent Favish. What an honor. 
First of all, I want to talk about Stop Dimming Your Light because yes. it is so fabulous. It's happening on March the 7th. Yeah, it's the International Women's Day weekend because the actual is the 8th, but we celebrate it for the weekend weekend with the Empowered Tribe Collective. And so if you want to get tickets to this, guys, all you have to do is go to Empowered Tribe Collective to get your tickets for March the 7th. Absolutely. And we priced it so incredibly well. We want people there because we're so passionate to have the world be well served by people who are no longer dimming their light. And you are a person who is also like Deanie Petty. It's interesting. You're both so similar in this way. Yeah. You're so alive and electric. Like the minute you walked into the green room, I'm like, wow. And I knew you were like this, but just to see you in person, it really was like, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. And it's yeah. such a good feeling. Absolutely. You, you have a master's degree in educational psychology. You've also studied energy psychology yeah. modalities. Your influences include Buddhism, Reiki, osteopathy, visualization, meditation, as well as modern and traditional psychotherapy. You are a psychotherapist. And the basis for your brand, your unique brand of holistic psychotherapy that works with the mind, body, and soul is to affect monumental changes in your clients' lives, which I've heard it does, and yes. and, and it's terrific. What has propelled and driven you so relentlessly to understand the human condition? You know, I, I, I've been there. I know what it's like to experience... Uh, dimming of your light, hiding. You know, as humans, we're wired for connection, but with trauma, we become wired for protection. And mm -hmm. when we become wired for protection, we overprotect. We, we tend to set ourselves up to be separate from others because of possibly bullying or family of origin trauma or a difficult abusive marriage, whatever it may be. So I've been there. I understand it. I came from some troubled beginnings because even though my greatest teachers were my parents and they've passed, they, they were also, you know, tough. They were tough to come up with. So yes. I really get the notion of disrupting multi-generational BS and, <laughs> you know, yes. and really going for the patterns that keep us dimmed and hidden and overprotected because they're like lead weights. They don't help us. It may have served us as kids. It may have served us in a bullying situation, but it does not serve us when it comes to trying to actually affect a change in our lives and in others' lives. Why do you think we dim our lights? Because, I mean, I look at you. You're very illuminated, like Jeannie Petty. She's so, by the way, I forgot to say this on the air, but she's so beautiful and so young looking. Absolutely. She really looks like forever 38 or something. Agreed, agreed. She really does. How, how do you not dim your light? Because I think sometimes people are uncomfortable by your illumination. So we tend to Yeah, we don't want to make down. other people feel uncomfortable. Right, right. You know, we, we tend to be sort of uh, groomed by the guilt feelings or the shame feelings or you're a little too much. I certainly was told you're a little too much. You're too much. Right. Hide yourself. Don't be so, uh, don't be so illuminated. <laughs> my, da my daughter always says extra. Don't be so extra. Don't be but, so extra. But what if you are extra? Exactly. Just innately. <laughs> exactly. I would say the, why do we do it? We do it because we innately biologically as humans, we want to belong to the group, to the tribe. That's yes. what our beginnings are from. And if we sense that we're going to be rejected, right? We start to adjust and micro move our neural pathways toward not pissing other people off. Right. Not, right. not, not making other people jealous, not making other people uncomfortable. But yet that's not necessarily our responsibility. That's right. You know, that's a difference. And isn't it true by you being illuminated, you give other people permission to be illuminated as well. By you doing it and going full throttle and going for it, you actually give other people permission to know that it's possible for them as well. It really is my right? legacy in that regard. People all over the world have said, hey, you 
put yourself out there. You're not this perfect looking person. You're not this whatever, you know. You look pretty good. I, I got to tell you. Good, but my point is, is that people <laughs> always are saying to me, I'm because you've said that, because you've talked about not operating from the disease to please, not operating from a right. place of, of, overprotection, because you're doing that, it inspires me to do it as well. Exactly. And that's definitely one of the reasons that I do what I, I do. I love that. I love that. How do you, I love the way you break down the the uh, conference that you're going to be running on March the 7th yeah. to stop dimming your light. Uh, and It's I a love, one day intensive workshop. One day we intensive. did the one hour at uh, Empower Tribe Collective, uh, beautiful seminar that we did with many speakers. And so we're sort of doubling down and creating this, we've created this great one day intensive, e- intensive experience. Um, where people are going to really get to very specifically learn techniques, not just blah, blah, blah. It's techniques to rewire your bl- brain to think in new and different ways about life. And, itself. and and you talk about, for instance, disrupting this destructive pattern of the disease to please. That's yeah. one of the things you also talk about being your own champion. What do you mean about being your own champion? You know, I believe we need to be the heroes of our own life. But even further, I believe we need to be the heroes of our generations. Yes. What did we normalize multi-generationally? So many people say to me in the office, well, that's just the way my mother is. Oh, that's just the way my family does it. Right. Or that's just the way we do it. But are you happy? Or are you depressed? Are you here because you're you're filled with anxiety? We're yeah. filled with fear. And if that is the case, listen, whatever worked from the family of origin, take that on. But if it didn't work, you need a certain measure of courage to be able to do something different. And that's going to be disruptive yes. to what you know as normal and good and what you've osmotically taken as this is how we do it. You don't have to. You even say that pain is the currency you will pay for change and growth. What do you mean by that? Oh, my goodness. So many people find that to be an abhorrent statement. <laughs> pain is the currency. we Listen, here it is. And I don't want to um, listen. If you're in pain, if you're in despair, it's hard. We've all gone through it. It's terribly difficult, but it is the stuff that's going to teach you to grow. And I really believe that if you're interested in growing, you know, there's no way around the mountain. Go through the mountain and that mountain, you don't have to do it alone. Ask for help, ask for support, but it is through that pain that you'll grow. And I know that that is my legacy. That is my experience in my life for sure. Pain was my greatest teacher. And everyone who goes through difficult times, I want to just say with (laughs) from the bottom of my soul that don't give up. Don't give up. Be your own hero. No one's coming to save you. You got to save yourself. You fall down seven times, get up the eighth. I mean, I, 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 you know, you you have to keep, you have to keep. And in Stop Dimming Your Light, that workshop, I mean, 25 years of accumulated knowledge is going into that workshop. Mm. I teach in very various different ways online, et cetera. But I'm so excited about the notion that I'm going to be teaching a group of people very specifically how to capitalize on the pain they may have felt that kept them dimmed and hidden. Love that. One of the areas you also delve into, Victoria, in your workshop is the codependent and the narcissist. <laughs> Quite the match, right? Made in, the, well, as you made said. in hell. <laughs> yeah. It is the match made in hell. Can you describe what you mean by this? Well, because the narcissist is all about themselves and the codependent is all about serving the other and is all about the other human being. So that is a match that gets very much, you know, like, like, like a moth to flame, shall we say, (laughs) (laughs) extremely attractive to one another. The narcissist wants someone who's going to be in servitude of them. And the codependent wants someone to avoid themselves to be of service to or to even control. But the truth is, is that that match usually is going down like a flaming plane. Or, as I say, a rushing train toward a brick wall. (laughs) (laughs) 
We do a we do a lot of meditation at the end of our show. We always do a two minute meditation. Right. I know you're a big proponent, and you have some beautiful meditations in your two books, some guided meditations yeah. and visualizations in your book, Connecting Rewire Your Relationship Culture, which is available online. Yes, and also in Find Yourself Culture: Moving from Depression and Anxiety to Monumental Self Acceptance. And I love that you have these meditations. Yeah. On my website, you can actually get the med- one free meditation just by going on my website, Heal the Hurt Child. But also, if you do my audio book, my first book, Find Yourself Culture, has an audio book and I take people through some of the meditations. Oh, I love that. And also, you can read the meditations in my books, actually tape yourself or record yourself and then play it back to yourself. It's quite transformative. It's, listen, if you're going to rewire your brain, you need to employ all aspects. Yes. So, sound, uh, visual, uh, all aspects will create a different neural pathway activity in your brain so that you can wire yourself for relaxation. And when we are relaxed is when we can do the best healing and transformation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so when you speak to the benefits of meditation, when it comes to finding your bliss, I think you've just said it is when you're calm, when you're serene and tranquil, you're going to be able to really do the work and really do the transformation that you want to do. It turns on the part of your nervous system, which is the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your relaxation response that creates the best environment for healing and for insight, insight and inspiration. I love how passionate you are about this as well. Like I always say, when you, when someone is this passionate, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer because I know that you I'm believe all in, in it. baby. You're all in. And, <laughs> and it really shows and it's amazing. What is the pivotal message in your book, Find Yourself Culture, Moving from Depression, Anxiety to Monumental Self Acceptance? Look, the loudest voice in your head has to be your own. It can't be your father's, your mother's, your family cultures, your politics. The loudest voice in your head has to be your own. And if it isn't because you've taught yourself to dim and hide. You got to work that program so that you can make your own opinion, your own sense of who you are, the most important piece. And this is not a narcissistic pursuit. This is a self-oriented, self-care, personalized self-care pursuit. Yes. Why is it so difficult for us to achieve self-love and or attain self-love and self-acceptance? I really like to, and I'm going to talk about this in the workshop, the difference between self-love and self-value and self-worth. You know, sometimes self-love comes from our multi-generational skewed versions and definitions of love. You know, there's perfectionistic love or conditional love, or I'll only love you if you perform for me. That's the kind of love that you might be inheriting from your legacy, from your family of origin. But I believe we can really get to healthy love through really the much easier concept, which is, you know what it's like to have self-value. It looks very obvious when a person (laughs) takes care of themselves and advocates for themselves. So start with self-worth, start with that concept, and then you'll work into healthy self-love, which is more unconditional. You wrote a book called Connecting, Rewire Your Relationship Culture. Yes. And as mentioned, Deanie Petty, who was just on the show, wrote the foreword to your book. Yeah. And she said she wished that this book had existed when when she was younger. And she says, quote, there's no way around the mountain, but if you wish to transform your life and your relationships, the path lies with these pages with Victoria Laurent Fabish as oh. your guide. These treasures are within your reach. Yeah. How can we accomplish this? You talk about the importance of setting boundaries to oh, start yeah. with. How do we, because many of us just don't have any people sort of encroach on your boundaries. So there's nothing left. You're like, absolutely. How do you still be a good person? Yeah. 
and set those boundaries and how can we accomplish that? Well, you that? just said the, the, the thing. You just said the main thing. Still be a good person. Let's redefine what a good person is. <laughs> I find it so refreshing when someone says no with authenticity. I'm like, thank you for being true and transparent. <laughs> I mean, I come from a legacy of 28 years of marriage. I really, really believe in long-term passionate marriage and in healthy dating and the premarital checklist so that we do it right. <laughs> you know, how do we do it? Essentially, we decide that maybe what was taught to us from our parents may or may not be working. Right. And take what works. But, you know, I've been doing this 25 years as a psychotherapist. A lot of what we inherit doesn't work because times are different. A lot of what we inherit says, no, you must say yes, because saying no will disrupt us. Well, be willing to disrupt a little bit (laughs) and teach your partner that they can say no and you can say no. And there is a really, I'm going to be doing a workshop eventually uh, in a couple of months on couples and on relationships. Mm, And it's going to be powerful because I'm going to teach people how to fight. How to fight fair. Fight healthy. Yes. Because no fighting is also not that healthy. Right. We need we need some conflict that is healthy to have people define and risk who they truly are. What are some the fundamentals for long-term passionate relationships, healthy, long-term passionate relationships? My One of my biggest mentors is John Gottman, who is like the father of couples therapy. He was also a mathematician and could tell within the first five minutes of being with a couple whether or not they were going to make it mm-hmm. long-term. And one of the things that he talks about is friendship. Good friendship yeah. is so important in a couple. You want to hang out with the person that you're with. You want to be like, I really want to hang out with that person. <laughs> if you sit in disdain and resentment and you're sort of uh, blocking them out. Essentially, that's a sign that you may not be with the right person. And also sex is important. It's a use it or lose it prospect. Our neural pathways, (laughs) our neural pathways start to die down if you don't feed the sexual impulse between the couple. And I don't care if you're 25 years in, there's still something interesting to be had there. I talk very frankly about sexuality (laughs) in my office and in my workshops. It's very, very important. And also spending time with your partner, just doing fun things and going out and or and just hanging common, out. Hanging out, having common interests you talk about in Absolutely. the book. Doing things together. Yeah. And if you F up, fix it quickly. Yeah, before it fix festers. Fix it quickly. Prevent the you cold know, learn rather how than to cure apologize. It. Learn yes. how to own your crap. Yes, okay. absolutely. Yeah. What is sheer bliss for Victoria Laurent Favish? You look like a blissful person to me. I have my moments of bliss and then not so much. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're human, right? That's- I would say sheer bliss is knowing that the work that I do is actually making people say the words like, wow, I never thought about it that way. Wow, I never thought about it that way. That's very blissful for me. And I can't lie, a good beach is very blissful for me. I know. And Bossa Nova and reggae are really important to me. (laughs) Reggae. It's so funny you're saying reggae because we just uh, saw um, Goldie Hawn dancing and and just, uh, you know, rocking out. It was actually to Earth, Wind and Fire. It wasn't to reggae. But but dancing is so amazing for me. Absolutely. So so incredible. A good conversation with a good girlfriend is very blissful. Over a glass of wine. Absolutely. Or anything. You know what also is really blissful for me? When I am in a relationship with someone, and I invite people to consider this, that everyone is free to be themselves. Yeah, Nobody's pressuring anybody with their agenda for the other person. That is powerfully blissful for me. Yes. I think you've done your work because you seem oh, like 
and and you and and doing what you do, I guess, guess you always want to reinvent yourself and and learn Absolutely. more and read more. And, and I'm only as good, and I can only take people as far as I myself am willing to do the work. I don't, I'm not a BS artist. It's like I walk that talk. I believe in long term, passionate, healthy marriage. I believe in showing and shining and not dimming your light. I believe that we can rewire and disrupt multi generational dysfunction and BS patterns. I believe that. I really believe that with my soul, and so I believe great. it's my raison d'être my reason for being why i'm here what your purpose your your dharma your calling is to help people get rid of their bs and and clean it up the bs disrupt the bs Yes, absolutely and And a true formula for change is what will be revealed also at the workshop i have a really powerful give us a hint a little hint well it starts with awareness but awareness alone can do nothing right you have to do the work you have to do the work and then you got to be willing to disrupt 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 and then of course with neural pathways repeat 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 rinse wash repeat 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 then you're going to really create a true and lasting change legacy change how long is the so, so the the full the full intensive workshop it's starts 10 to 3 10 to 3 oh, at that's... the freedom factory in the queen street west uh area queen and dover court so it's a one day 10 to 3 not not like a full day but we are you know we get a little tired after those hours so <laughs> we're gonna pack those hours with really phenomenal i mean nadia lloyd who is the event curator of the empowered tribe collective she also created the toronto art crawl she's this oh, amazing awesome. amazing human and She's just so passionate as I am about disrupting the dysfunction so that she, like I, we don't want to dim anymore. And right. we have had absolutely the family of origin to dim. <laughs> so <laughs> turn those not, lights yeah, on and keep them on. That's right. Because you know what? The planet really needs us right now. We're yeah. in a bit of an S show right now. We're in a yeah. bit of a situation. Yeah. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that when this planet is in such need, we got to answer the call. And the call is every single person who turns on their light. Yes. This planet will actually benefit from that. That's right. The more people are looking to help other people, the better it is for the planet. Empowered Tribe Collective. That's Dot how com. you can get tickets. Yeah, get your tickets Empowered there. Tribe Collective. We priced it amazingly. How else can people contact you, Victoria, Laurie, and Fabish? So everything is on my website, visualizationworks.com or victorialorientfabish.com. Spelled L-O-R-I-E-N-T-F-A-I-B-I-S-H.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at Victoria Lorient Fabish. Come find me on, you know, Facebook, on my page as well. She's everywhere. So and I'm check out her everywhere. videos. They're fabulous. And she yeah. even sings. And she didn't sing today, but she's going to come back. I'm going to sing. sing another time. Uh, 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 that's going to be great. That was good. Yeah. I want to thank all my wonderful guests for being here today. The incredible person and Canadian icon Deanie Petty and the wonderful Victoria Laurent Fabish and to our incredible crew at Finding Your Bliss and Zoomer Radio. And I haven't written the names down, but I'm going to try to do this just off the cuff Ooh. here. Producer Phyllis Newman. Phyllis! Production coordinator Siobhan Kylie, Siobhan! And PA is Haley Allegia. And Carlos Kajina, who's a technical producer. And everybody here at Zoomer, we love you all and we thank you all. And as always, we're going to close out the show with a brief meditation. Notice how my voice gets softer. And if you're driving, please pull over and turn off your ignition. And here we go. This is part of a meditation adapted from Tich Nahat Han called A Short Teaching <sighs> on Mindfulness Breathing and also written by Marion Werner. Find a comfortable position, either sitting or lying down with your head, neck, and spine aligned. And cross your legs and let your hands rest quietly 
in your lap or by your sides and gently close your eyes. As your body settles and your eyes close, bring your awareness to your breath. Notice the breath coming in and the breath going out. Follow the breath all the way in and follow the breath all the way out, not trying to change it in any way, just breathing comfortably. Breathing in, feeling the breath as it passes through your nostrils and breathing out, feeling the breath as it leaves your nostrils and keeping your awareness lightly and gently on your breath, breathing mindfully in the present moment. In fact, as you're doing this, you can say, breathing in, I know I am breathing in, breathing out, I know I am breathing out. And if thoughts come as they always do, acknowledge the thoughts without judgment and let them go. Let them drift away like clouds floating across the sky and bring your awareness back to your breath, back to your breathing, back to the present moment. And if you like, offer gratitude for this time you have taken for yourself to be quiet, to breathe, and bring yourself back into balance. So slowly come back to the room, aware of the body in the chair, opening your eyes wherever you are ready. Stretch and smile and have a wonderful afternoon. And for all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.